Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the official press conference for List and Ya Boy 100 on November 28th, featuring a big matchup that we're all waiting for. Latina Heat Melissa against the Ewing Express, Sean Ross Sapp. Now, this press conference is running late because Sean Ross Sapp uh, is late for whatever reason. He's, uh, he's uh, I guess, getting himself beautified. I'm not waiting any longer because you know I run the show and I do things my way, so we're just going to get this thing started. So I would like to introduce first, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, she is Latina Heat Melissa. <laughs> Hello. Sean's seriously not here. Sean is running a little bit late. I'm here! I'm here! The quality of life will confuse you, Melissa! You don't know what to think right now! You don't know what to think right now! How much Bluetooth did you Look take, at this Sean? suit! Look at this gold! Look at this third place medal from a regional submission wrestling tournament oh my god i can't believe you showed up i can't believe you're here melissa look at this i'm so worried about i took you. third place go question number one sean ross app are you are you prepared to show no mercy to a woman and what is necessary to win the matchup I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to hit a woman. I work with Melissa on a daily basis. You're going to uh, hit a lady, and it's going to be awful. Okay, so listen. <sighs> You're not going to do it you. well, Sean. I mean, I, I'm going to put over my accolades, but I don't want to hit a woman. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get inside your head. My quality of life will confuse you. You, you see this gold? <laughs> I won this in front of 50 rabid fans in Maysville, Kentucky. You know what? I'll just set that down. This one? in the freezing cold in front of probably 40 at the Aber Aberdeen River Park. But I got Is that this how many people saw that one? Got this beautiful suit on. Oh, 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 but I don't live in Toronto. I don't got to ball out like a wear ads like you do. I spent eight bucks on this. You don't know if I'm fancy or if I'm thrifty. I think I know. know. I think I know. This, this shirt, this is how you're going to look. This is Michael Jordan crying in a Santa hat. How Guess. much did that cost? You will never know. I'm sorry. Melissa, Melissa, you live in Toronto, one of the most expensive cities in the world. While I sit here, just kicked back. Look at this. In my $57,000 house, because I'm thrifty. Because I'm 
thrifty. Look, nothing but pure 100% sweatpant touches this skin in the winter months. Because I'm thrifty. I have to ask a question. How How is this putting yourself over by saying you're thrifty? I'm thrifty! <laughs> I don't think thrifty means what you think it means. Uh, this question is for Melissa coming from Fightful Select. Sitting in your 800 square foot apartment in Toronto that you pay five <laughs> times as much to be in. You're not thrifty. I'm inside that head. How will you afford to miss work after I kick your ass? You think I can afford an 800 square foot apartment, Sean? Point. You probably can't because you're not thrifty. I'm, I'm, I'm Quality telling of life you. will confuse you. Quality of life will confuse you. What will be your weapon of choice, Melissa, for this matchup on November 28th on I, List and Your Boy 100? I plan to use his existing insecurities against him. I don't need a physical weapon. I just sure. got to continue bringing his yeah, bullshit. head down use, as much as I she'll can. She'll probably use a ladder or something, probably some lame cardboard shit. I don't know. Quality That's... of life will confuse you. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that you still have hope in yourself like that. It's really nice. Uh, my question is, uh, let, let, let me throw this to Melissa first. <laughs> if you are a victorious Melissa at List and Your Boy 100 on November 28th, what is next for you? I, I, I told you already. It's a listen, your girl. So she's suggesting, Sean, that if she's victorious, she's taking over your chair, effective listen, your boy 101. My question for you, Sean, if you are victorious on November 28th, what is next for you? I will do exactly what she's done to me. She's tried to steal my entire identity. Her Twitter picture was a picture of me. She got confusion follows. She wants to listen, your girl. Because she can't come up with her own stuff. So I'm going to sit around and eat sandwiches disgustingly. That's what I'm going to do. But you know what? You know what? It'll be leftovers from the night before because I'm thrifty. And my quality of life will confuse you. Nigel, do I don't mic go work? hungry, but I don't spend a lot of money. Oh, yeah, my mic works. Uh, does Nigel have any questions for these two? Again, discussing Listen to Your Boy 100 on November 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Nigel, do you have any questions? Uh, I have a lot of questions, I, yeah. but uh, too, too, too many for this format. <laughs> Any closing statements ahead of this major matchup, Listening to Your Boy 100 on November 28th? You know, we've been trying to figure out how to get Fightful to the next level for so long, and the answer's been right in front of us, and it's what we got to take away, and I'm here to do that. I'm here to make this better for everyone, bring you scoops, and get rid of whatever that is on the other side of the screen. That's all I'm here for, Jimmy. Listen, you girl. And now, the Ewing Express, Sean Ross App. <laughs> Any closing comments from you prior to this matchup on Listen, You Boy 100? Melissa, we don't have to do this. We don't have to fight. You've talked it up for the last seven weeks, so we kind of have to do well, this hey, now. Hey, hey, listen. It's okay. We can, like, thumb war or just talk it out. We can do... I'd win both those things, though. I mean, I, I, it's not that I'm afraid or anything. I'm not afraid. Definitely not afraid that I'm going to get beat up by a girl and called a pussy by everybody. I'm not afraid of that at all. I'm not I'm not afraid of losing to a girl. That's it. I'm just saying we don't have to fight. We could just... I think we do, for, though. Forget about it. The Listen Your Boy 100 fans will let it go. You know, Sean, unfortunately, I have too much invested in this now. Mm-hmm. 
financially and time-wise. And so you are going to fight on November 28th, listen your boy 100, the Ewing Express, Sean Rossap, Latina Melissa. It's going to happen. No holds barred. Tune in 3 p.m. Eastern time. Don't you dare miss it. I think, Melissa, if you're looking for a secret weapon, but maybe not a weapon so much as words, try telling Sean that he's too sensitive. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross See a white screen. Oh, What's right. up, you guys? Sean Ross managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It's a good time here at The List and your boy. It's number 99. Next week is the big, big show. I've made so many promises for Listen Your Boy 100. I can confirm we will not have a guest because the one I've been trying to book. Oh, all shifty. We'll talk about it on the air next yes, week. Yes, we will. Well, we can talk about it later because I have it in the list today. So Okay. Yeah, we'll so, talk about it later. We got lots of stuff going on. There you saw the press conference, myself and Melissa, and we're not going to fight at all anymore, I understand. Melissa has withdrawn. <laughs> she says... She, here's what I was told. Tell, here me was what, what, tell me what I said. My sources tell me that Melissa was afraid of my performance. I would like to know in this situation, who are your sources? I, I have sources that say that Melissa has heard that my, my performance is so great, that my confidence is so great. And those things are so great... Because I went to BlueChew.com and got my first shipment free by using the code Fightful. And you too, my friends, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work faster. They work better. They're cheaper. You don't have to sit in line at a pharmacy prescribed online straight from a doctor. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Use that code Fightful. Get your first shipment free. I can't pass a drug test, Jimmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know that you. I know you got Blue Chew for free using uh, promo code Fightful because you're thrifty. I'm thrifty. <laughs> I'm very thrifty. And see, that's the thing. I have nice things, but but I'm very responsible with them. Yeah, your quality of life confuses people. I, I mean, quite frankly, my bank account has been just spinning its tires for a while, but. It's going to change because I'm thrifty. I'm That's not out true. there buying new thick-rimmed glasses like Melissa. <laughs> These are prescription. I got them for $90. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I, I might need that link because uh, I legitimately left my prescription glasses in a hotel room in Toronto in July <laughs> or in August. So There you go. I'll send you my referral code. Yeah. Ha! Hey, guys, you all can see that full press conference, which is like 13 minutes on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, uh, happy Thanksgiving to our American friends. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Sean. Well, thank you. Uh, somebody uh, tweeted me and said something like, uh, are you going to be buying turkey or something? Or is Jimmy buying you turkey or something like that? And I said, well, I pay your salary so you can buy your own damn turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he also bought you that mug just... Uh, and I kind of, and I don't have one yet, so yeah. it's very much like the polo tee. Very much. I'm gonna get you all mugs. Like that. We'll, we'll do a trade. We'll do a mug for polo trade. We'll have, we'll have to like 
do the, okay, I'll hand you this at the same time you hand me that. That way we make sure it doesn't turn into, like, a giant shootout or anything. But it's not a fair trade. It's a pretty damn fair trade. For as much as Melissa has complained about these mugs, yeah. I guess that part is fair. That part is Jimmy fair. paid for them. I orchestrated them. You did nothing but I use I just want to say, Jimmy's paid for a significant amount of things in, in this room right now as well. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's just be fair about that. Uh, so, yeah, listen your boy 100, November 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern. I promise all kinds of stuff. Melissa and I will fight, I think, if I... I don't want to hit Melissa. I really you don't. You keep on suggesting that there's going to be explosions. You've said that like two or three times. Well, I mean, there's got to be now. So <laughs> there's got to be. I've got to find a way to blow her up. Uh, I promised a broken bone. I've got to decide what bone of Melissa's I'm going to break. I promise a special intro. I promise music. I promise all kinds of things. Green screen trickery. Green mm-hmm. screen trickery. Probably my, my greatest yet, but it's been hard with the lighting in here because I have one window. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Listen, your boy 100 is going to be great. And we're also doing like Oprah-style giveaways. Jimmy, you're giving away a car? Maybe a, maybe a how Hot Wheels. How about, how about some Blue Chew codes instead? Ba-bam! So speaking of giveaways, we always forget to talk on the show about giveaways that we have ongoing. And so let's take, let's take a minute. So we've got three on the go right now. Uh, right now, there is a giveaway where you can watch the Tito Ortiz Chuck Liddell fight for free on Fight TV. Sean, you know the details. Yeah, I'll, I'll, tweet, it, I'll tweet it out right now, or I'll retweet it, rather. All you got to do is uh, retweet the post and follow the account, Fight TV and Fightful Online, and you're registered to win. You, you can uh, get a free viewing of the Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz uh, fight this weekend on Fight TV. James Lynch will have a live post show podcast as I'll be at uh, Starcade that night. But yeah, that's that's pretty good. Thanks to our, our friends at Fight for hooking that up. And even if you're not a big MMA fan, uh, that fight's going to be a train wreck. So you, oh, yeah. you you're going to want to check that out. So we have and, that. And if you're into decent fights too, there's there's a decent co-main event as well. Tom Lawler, Tom Lawler, right? Tom Lawler does pro wrestling. Yep. So that's giveaway number one. Giveaway number two, and I don't have it here. It's uh, at home. I have a signed Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture photo uh, that they they both signed. We're doing a giveaway for that. Sean, what are the details on that? All you got to do is subscribe to our new MMA and boxing channel. That's where a lot of our new podcasts are going to be. Interviews from James Lynch go up immediately. Pros picks. Carlos Toro is always going live with boxing news, one of the best boxing reporters in the game. Head over there, subscribe, leave a comment on any video, and you are instantly registered to win. I'll announce the winner on next Tuesday's Fightful MMA podcast. There you go. And uh, the next one is this lovely list in your boy, Polo T. If you want it before Sean Ross Sapp gets it, we're doing a giveaway for one of these Polo Tees. What are the details on that one, Sean Ross Sapp? Head over to Fightful Online on Twitter. We have a pinned tweet up there. Just retweet it. Follow us. You're good to go. See, it couldn't be easier in the, in the social media age. We make it very easy. Couldn't be yes. easier. And next week on Listen to Your Boy 100, we're going to be doing giveaways throughout the show. Yes. We're going to do giveaways. So tune in live next week, and, uh, and you can take part in all that. All right, let's get started here. So I was going to talk today about the trials and tribulations of independent pro wrestling. Yes. And, and about how the, there, is, there are things that the wrestlers have to deal with that you don't in WWE. And we will talk about that later on. Uh, but first, I want to talk about a specific incident that took place because this thing has gone viral. We even had Kurt Angle now replying to our oh, tweet yeah, on this one, Sean. So uh, something took place on a Lucha Libre show on November 19. It was called Lucha Libre Boom. 
uh, and it was promoted by an outfit called IWRG, International Wrestling Revolution Group in Mexico. And I will admit, I had never heard of these two wrestlers before. Maybe you hadn't, or maybe you had, Sean, I don't know. One of, one of them was a gentleman by the name of Angel O. Demonio, a little Mexican guy. The other guy, his name is Suervo, and he's a Puerto Rican wrestler. And uh, Mr. Demonio, who kind of reminds me of a shorter Mexican blue meanie in terms of physique a little bit, apparently he was upset uh, claiming that Suervo was stiffing him on chair shots. And so Mr. Demonio took it upon himself in order to provide a receipt to Suervo for that. Hmm. We have this video clip that we posted on our Fightful uh, Wrestling Twitter. Go ahead and air that clip, Melissa. Hold on, there's a couple. Let me know if this is good. Oh, viene por unos tabiques y vaya que son grandes. Así que esto ya pasando a ser de una lucha en donde estaban el ataúd y el alambre de púas y las sillas. Oh, que sillazo el que le está dando el cuervo a la cabeza del ángel demonio. Durísimo. Oh. Le repite la dosis. No se puede esconder. No se puede hacer un lado el ángel demonio. Todavía resentía el primer impacto y recibió el segundo. Mucha atención. Tiene dos tabiques arriba. ¡Oh! ¡Qué golpe! ¡El que le dieron en la espalda con ese tabique! Le alcanzó a dar en la cabeza. ¡Quedó noqueado el cuervo, eh! Lo partió, está noqueado. No se va a levantar nunca el cuervo. No, no se va a levantar. You know what this reminds me of, Jimmy? Do you remember about. 13, 14 years ago when New Jack was just brutalizing everybody that stiffed him. Like, he stabbed a guy, he slammed a row of chairs on Gypsy Joe's Gypsy head. Joe. Yep. It was nasty, man. Mass this Transit, was... too. Mass Transit yeah, was another one. That one, too, yeah. Yeah, this was one of the most... So, so I guess we'll talk about the aftermath first. So, Suervo, the Puerto Rican guy, uh, he was knocked unconscious. He came to rather quickly. He was helped to the back. Anybody that's only on our audio not watching the video, the guy had a cinder block thrown at his head from the ring to the floor, hit him in the back of the head. He suffered a blood clot. He had emergency surgery in order to repair that. They don't know if and when he'll ever wrestle again. Uh, and Demonio has been suspended indefinitely from wrestling in Mexico, which is probably the end of his career. Because yeah. something tells me, something tells me, Sean, he's probably not in massive demand outside Mexico. So, uh, so that's probably the end of him. Um, I was going to air the end of the match, but I'm not going to bother now. So I, I, I think it was a casket match because there was a casket in the ring. And after that incident took place, Demonio, the guy that threw the cinder block, actually got in the casket himself, closed the lid himself, and the referee called off the match. Wow. Uh, so that was probably supposed to be the finish. Um, we have after, a clip of that if you want to show yeah, it. Yeah, but I just decided, I just decided I don't, no, want, to no, give no, the, I don't, I don't want to give the guy any more play. So we won't show yeah. it. Uh, after we posted that on the Fightful Wrestling Twitter account, it got a lot of attention because, Sean, I think you might have been the first guy, I guess, of any notoriety that talked about that clip. And so uh, we got a lot of attention, uh, including Mr. Kurt Angle, who posted this response to us on Twitter. Put that up, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Kurt Angle, right? Kurt Angle. Ooh, sorry, caught me off guard. He said, give me 10 seconds with that stupid mf -er that threw the brick. Shouldn't be anywhere near the business. This was one of the most dangerous, one of the most reckless things I've ever seen in wrestling. I'm not going to say it was the worst, because to me, Owen Hart was the worst. 
but it was definitely one of the most reckless, most dangerous things, and that is criminal. And I know yeah. that I know that sometimes because things happen inside of a pro wrestling ring, sometimes people think that they can kind of shy away from the law because it's in a pro wrestling ring. You that get that is, horse shit. It ain't ballet stuff that people right. say. Right, that is criminal, and let me tell you something, if that uh, brick cinder block, whatever it was, if that had to hit the guy in a different way, on a different angle, you could have killed him yeah. from that. You know? Yeah, that was... and, you, and you never know what, what long-lasting ramifications can happen from that. Also, credit to Kyler, who posted that clip on our, our Twitter and got it out there, because he's been doing great lately with that stuff, but man, like this guy's... Uh, not not to make a joke, but literally, this guy's quality of life is going to be messed up for a very long time. He may never yeah. he may never wrestle fully. again. Yeah. yeah, and while Demonio is like fifty seven, he doesn't care. No, and he's like just a short, out of shape guy. He probably just kind of because you you saw that show. That's a small yeah. independent wrestling show in Mexico, probably for very little money, if any. And and the guy clearly is just kind of doing it on the side for fun. That, there's no way that's that guy's job. Yeah. So uh, I saw that clip, and, and let me ask you this question, Sean, because I don't know if you've heard much about the match. So when Demonio went to get the, the cinder block, Suerbo waited at ringside for him. Do you know if they had planned a spot with a cinder block, and then Demonio just kind of went to business for himself? Do not know that yet. I, I've asked, but I mean, okay. I can't pretend like my connections to Lucha are, are that great right now, but... Uh, we did have the benefit of Carlos translating the the letter that was sent out, where he was suspended, yes. and should have been, yes. should have been right, right move, swift action. I like that. Yep, yep. He should be, yeah. And like I said, he, it's criminal. He should be brought up on charges. Uh, let's go into this next story. So let me tell you this: about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp hit me up one oh. day, and he said, "Hey, Jimmy, I just heard something interesting." Uh, but I don't, he's like, I don't want to talk about it or go public with it. Sean heard that Cody Rhodes was hooking up with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars NFL team and that they were planning on uh, launching a wrestling promotion. Well, uh, there sorry? was an SE Scoops report a while back, but some elements of it were not quite... About Jericho and Jim Ross. Yes. Uh, yes. Mainly the, the access component. They said that access was involved. Access has denied that. Jericho However, has too. There were, yeah, there are some things that I kind of discussed with you about what about what they were doing and some of the elements of it and contracts that were coming up and weren't being renewed all across the board. Well, now uh, there's a website called Trademarks411.com, uh, and that website is where you can find. Are you right there, Melissa? Are you sure? Because we don't want anything to happen to you prior Grab, to listening to Boy Number One Hundred. <laughs> There's a camera on you, and we got to make sure that you're healthy for Listen Your Boy 100 on November 28th. Go ahead, so. go ahead keep drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking? What are you drinking? It was water. Are you sure what? it's water? This can yeah. do more damage than you can, my friend. So. <laughs> Purified through the, the. That was clever. That was good. That was good. Anyway, you have a moment of glory. That was a, that was a clever, clever thing. So anyway, Trademarks411.com, you can go there and check out any trademarks that have been recently filed as public information. And uh, if you go on that website, a company called All Elite Wrestling LLC out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, they have the same address registered as the stadium where the Jaguars play, which is obviously pretty telling. They filed a bunch of trademarks recently, including AEW Double or Nothing, AEW All Out, 
AEW by itself. Tuesday Night Dynamite, All Out, Double or Nothing, and All Elite Wrestling. Makes it seem pretty clear, uh, just based on the trademarks and based on the registered address, that the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars are looking to launch a wrestling promotion called AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, it looks like they're looking to do a, a television show called Tuesday Night Dynamite on Tuesday nights, which is convenient because SmackDown's moving to Fridays at the end of next year. Uh, and uh, All In, of course, being the show that Cody and the Young Bucks promoted, well, they're registering All Out and Double or Nothing. You put all the pieces together, and it seems, it, it seems like Cody and the Young Bucks are looking to come together with uh, it's uh, Tony Khan and is, the, is the son of, uh, of the guy that owns the Jaguars, and Saheed Khan is the father that owns the team. Looks like they're looking to come together with them to launch a promotion. Uh, the rumor is that Jericho and Jim Ross are involved behind the scenes on this thing. Jericho has denied it. Jim Ross, I believe, has denied it as well. He's teased uh, it a little bit, though. He said, oh, some he? big things. But he's okay. also kind of pouted about his WWE New Japan situation. By the way, Kevin Kelly, Don Callis calling the Access shows in January. I mean, he could just be drumming up some sympathy for himself going yes. into this. And, uh, and then Access TV, obviously, would be the place where they, where they uh, air on Tuesday nights. Have you heard any more, aside from what I've just talked about and what we know based on the Trademarks 411 website? Have you heard any more? Sorry. Access says that they're, they're not involved. And if that was the – if that's the outlet, I, I mean, as much as I like Access and dealing with them, you got a real limited reach there. You're I mean, right. You're right. Real limited, unless they find some way to really explode. However, you know, I, I would imagine that the relationship with WGN is still pretty nice after All In Zero Hour. They I still have, have the YouTube viewership too. Yeah, I would be trying you know? to uh, butter them up. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're going to see what happens here. Obviously, we've talked about this in the past with Impact and with Global Force Wrestling and with Arrow Lucha and all these outfits that are trying to get. Uh, a guaranteed television deal, and it's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, I think that if this thing happens, over the first three months, they're going to be very successful, and they're going to get a lot of viewership, uh, whether it be online or on television. The question is going to be by the 12-month mark, because it's not about whether or not you can like hit the ground running when you have that kind of name recognition, especially with independent wrestling fans. The question is going to be the consistency. Can you fill out a roster? Can you produce a weekly show consistently that's good, that keeps those people with you? That's going to be the challenge. Uh, very much like the XFL. Week one, they did great. After that, they dropped off. It's going to be similar. It's not going to happen in two weeks. It's going to take more closer to a year, I think. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the, one, the good news about this is if they do do this, they've got billionaire funding. They potentially have a cable television outlet. And that's more than a lot of the other wrestling outfits out there have. So Yeah, I, I talked to a, a promoter who's actually been doing pretty well over the last uh, probably year, year and a half. And he said, these guys are going to have to put other people over on this show. Like, they just can't go in there and beat everybody. And that's that's the issue. You can have the Bucks. You can have Cody. You can have Marty Skrull. Or not Marty Skrull yet. Hangman Page. But they're going to have to put other people over. Right. You might have Kazarian. You might have Daniels, too. That would be right. very, very helpful. Uh, you might get Skrull along the way. If you're real lucky, you have Kenny Omega. Yep. Kenny Omega is a real important piece of that. So, oh, I guess we'll see. It's uh, There's a lot of time between now and whenever they could realistically launch, I would believe, unless they've got like some kind of super secret deal, TV deal going down, which I don't doubt that could happen. I mean, the Destination America Ring of Honor deal came together real quick. 
when you know what my my gut tells me that if they do this it'll be the end of next year when smackdown moves to friday should uh, that's probably gonna be, and, and matter of fact, if they're smart about it, they will launch the Tuesday that SmackDown moves. Yeah, here's, like the, that's the day that they should launch if they're smart. Here's about me it. looking. I'm looking forward at next October, and I'm like, all right, gonna have to clear out those Fridays because of SmackDown, and we will do a live post show after SmackDown, as always. We always have, we always will. And I'm like, oh, cool, I'll have my Tuesdays open. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it, I mean it. Like I said, all the pieces look like they're falling into place with this thing. We had talked about how, it, to me, it was unlikely Cody was going to resign with WWE because he's already kind of been there, done that, and had a kind of a sour taste. I still think there's a shot Kenny does sign, but uh, it looks like they're it looks like they've got the, the pieces in place, man. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I had you know? somebody real close to the situation say, "Why would they even work with Jericho and Jr. after doing all in by themselves?" I had them say, "I had." Uh, somebody close to the situation say, oh, well, well, what would you do if you were them? And I'm like, how how could I even, I don't know the financials of All In. I don't know if they lost 50 bucks or if they made two, three million bucks. Right. And without me knowing those financials, and I doubt they're going to put them out there, it's impossible for me to say. Not only that, but you got to fill out a roster. Yeah. So if, if you can have a guy like Jericho, and, and they'd probably do taping, say, once monthly and fill out four weeks of TV or something, meaning that they'd only have to have Jericho wrestling, say, once a month. On yeah. television, uh, you got to fill out your roster, and if you can get a name like him willing to be a part of it, if you can have a, a recognized name like Jim Ross doing your commentary, you need these elements in order to, to try to draw the people in that don't know who you are. A lot of people now, granted, they've got a really strong following online, but yeah. a lot of say ca- so-called casual wrestling fans don't really know who the Young Bucks are, or they're not really familiar with them. So you use guys like Jim Ross and Chris Jericho in order to bring those people in, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of some familiar names, we got Ariel Monroe, who you might not be familiar with now, but is the wife of Cedric Alexander, WWE superstar. She's appeared at the Mae Young Classic. She's done a little work across indies. She was on Ladies Night Out on Title Match Wrestling Network this past Saturday, which has done just a plethora of all women's shows. I talked to her for a very, very good interview. Take a listen to this clip. So you've got this Ladies Night Out show. Obviously, WWE just did Evolution, but... This isn't anything new to title match wrestling. They, they've been doing these all-women shows uh, for quite a while. Oh, and and yeah. you, you're you on all kinds of all-women shows as well, obviously. What what kind of different vibe is there on a show like that, whether it be backstage or in the crowd, that, that differs from standard shows? Um, honestly, it's, it's kind of like uh, being at an all-women show, you just have to bring more. Because you just have to like try to like outshine the, the next person and everybody. It's like a friendly competition. Like, oh no, my match is gonna be better. My match is gonna be better. It's like you just have that camaraderie and you just they just want and make you better when you're at all women's shows. You're just like, oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh no, I'm gonna change some things. So no, no. <laughs> and and they've had like cage matches on these shows, things like that. We're starting to see uh, these integrated more into women's wrestling. Is there anything that you look at like? Like, Eva Lee and Kiara had, had a cage match at, at one of the last right. shows. Is there anything that you look at like that, and you're like, man, I want to be in a match like that soon? Um, honestly, I, uh, I want to be in a ladder match soon. I, I haven't had one yet. So that's, that's one stipulation match where I'm just like, I would love to see, like, a very nice, well-put-together ladder match and that includes, like, some women, maybe, like, you know, intergender or anything like that. So... That would be very cool if I could be a part of that. Uh, speaking of intergender, uh, 
your husband Cedric delivered mm. one of the most famous lumbar checks ever to a woman who you tagged with in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Explain to me the process of that because I remember when I, I saw that. First off, I showed that video to like a million people. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and here you are a few years later and you're teaming with her. Yeah. Um, I remember when he came home and he was just like, babe, uh, I did something. And I was like, oh, Lord, what did you do this time? And he showed me the clip and he's like, it's, it's, I think it's going to go viral. I was like, oh, man. And then we woke up the next day and it was like at 2 million views. And we're like, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> It was, it was very interesting to see because I was like, man, it looks like that thing hurts. And then lo and behold, like a couple months later, he did it on me. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But he just looked like he killed, he killed Candace. <laughs> just looked like she was just dead. I was like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> that full interview, as well as several stories up at FightfulWrestling.com. We're constantly adding to our shoot interview section. Uh, under podcast as well check that out guys looking to uh, streamline that in the future too uh what else you got on the list jimmy yeah i was gonna say i, I gotta start putting it on the show every week because people ask what the list means so the list of jimmy van my blatant Gersh jericho ripoff uh we talked about jim ross before the break he posted this on twitter on november 17 you got jim ross's tweet melissa i do dead air there's a lot of media don't this like week, dead guys. air i don't <laughs> like dead air melissa <laughs> There you go. Oh. Look at that, man. Took a bad bump last night. The concrete went over. That's what he said. Apparently, he was at a friend's house. Uh, he was climbing a set of stairs. He missed a step, and he hit the ground face first. Look at that, man. Ugh. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. What a shot he took. I'm glad he's all right. What is he now? 67, I think? Yeah. I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's all right. That was a hell of a shot he took. So I, I wanna... I've had the shit beaten out of me pretty bad at, in catch wrestling mma class i was gonna say do you mean that listen your boy 100 on november 28th yeah right not a mark on this pretty face <laughs> the only mark is sitting right up there <laughs> anyway. i'm a smart i know that one. Oh god <laughs> oh, good good let's talk about ronda rousey so after this after the survivor series i posted this on twitter and i got some mixed feedback to it put up my tweet from uh after survivor series I said, I'm fine with the non-finish given the last minute switch, plus no stakes, plus this thing being dream match worthy, this being Charlotte versus Ronda. But for the former box office star and media darling to get thank you Charlotte in her own town confirms that WWE completely dropped the ball with Ronda Rousey. I got mixed feedback to that. Some people agreed with me. Some people said, well, Ronda's still getting reactions and people are still talking about Ronda. What I meant by my tweet was that, in my opinion, Ronda Rousey was the company's best chance of having a female John Cena, in my opinion. She was their best chance of having that mainstream person that's accepted by the Ellen DeGeneres of the world and Entertainment Tonight and, and the Today Show and all of the top level mainstream stuff. Becky Lynch, with all due respect to her, and she's doing amazing and she's one of the most entertaining things in the company, she's not going to get to that spot. Charlotte Flair is doing great. She's not going to get to that spot. Ronda Rousey was the best chance and I feel like they have taken her now. If they turn her heel, I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. And as a wrestling fan, I will enjoy it if she turns heel and if she's with her uh, MMA Four Horse women and all that. It'll be fun to watch as a wrestling fan. But from a business point of view, I feel like they have massively dropped the ball with her. And watching Raw this week, they had her cut another stupid promo. As you said, Sean, it's like a Gatorade commercial. And I know that you were, I know that you've been kind of putting over Paul Heyman a little bit. If Paul Heyman is involved with those promos, Paul Heyman needs to take a step back. 
because... He is involved with those promos, but I, I think there is a, a long game here. I, and I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I still don't understand how turning her heel is going to... The way I look at it is they have a lot invested in Ronda Rousey, right? WWE has a lot of time and a lot of money invested in her. If you turn her heel, wrestling fans are going to enjoy it and it'll be entertaining. Are you getting your money out of Ronda Rousey? I don't know if they can say they are, Sean. Honestly, I don't know. And I, I just think they've really dropped the ball with her and having her cut those stupid promos. I understand she was selling the injury on Monday, having her sell for Mickey James for even 10 seconds. Injury or no injury didn't make sense to me. It should have been, she was a pissed off Ronda Rousey. It should have been, boom, a quick 10 second scrub. It was a shitty match too. It was a real bad match. Yeah, but yeah. I think they can still do it. I think it's more about reactions than face or heel right now. Although Becky Lynch has not been quiet about the fact that it very much looks like Charlotte is, and this is one of her best friends. Her and Twitter she, game is on point. Becky Lynch's oh, yeah. Twitter game is on point. And, and this day and age with social media, you have to utilize that element. I'm sure that Becky, I'm sure Becky's getting permission for what she's doing. I'm sure she talked to Rhonda about the Holly Holm thing that she said and about her jaw and all that. Uh, but uh, oh, her, her Twitter game is on point. She's doing a hell of a job. She's finding a way to stay kind of top of the news even when she's not on television. And this whole thing is entertaining. I'm just saying from a business point of view, if I'm Vince McMahon or if I'm Triple H, I would feel like I fucked up with Ronda Rousey because I've got so much invested in her in time and in money. Uh, but I kind of, I guess it is what it is. So now she's going to defend against Nia Jax at TLC. Do you think because they are now co-branded pay-per-view, Sean, and Charlotte's going to be in the building and Becky's probably going to be in the building, do you think that they interfere and cost her the title? Ah, oh, man, it's hard for me to really pinpoint what's going to happen with the titles and everything at TLC because conventional thinking would lead you to say, oh, well, Becky should probably be screwed and then win the Royal Rumble because she is the hottest thing out there. Agreed. It's hard to say what WWE really wants to do. If they want to transfer all the qualities of her character to Charlotte, which does not work. Agreed. Or what they want from Rousey at the time. They're doing a real good job at keeping me guessing about that right now because it took them one reaction. It took them one day, one SmackDown after SummerSlam to realize, okay, we don't need to have Becky crap on the crowd. That's not going to work for this. Right. So they were able to see that and understand that that, that, that another way worked better. So I, I, it's hard. It's hard to say. They're they're really good at keeping me guessing right now. I think Charlotte, as we talked about, is a much better heel than a babyface. And I, I think that, say where she was on SmackDown this week, I enjoy that Charlotte Flair much much better than the kind of slap in the hand, smiley Charlotte Flair. Like I like her better as a heel. Yeah. Uh, but Becky, there's only one Becky Lynch. I definitely think I saw that Becky posted on social media that she was doing. She was going to a doctor about her uh, concussion and her nose and all that stuff. I think they should strip her of the title. Uh, have her win the Royal Rumble and then have her challenge Ronda Rousey for the title at WrestleMania. It could headline like we've talked about, but yeah. she can't be the champion and be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, either, so either she loses the title in the ring or she gets stripped. And I think to keep the heat on her because you want the heat on her and Ronda. You don't want the heat on her and whoever wins the title from her. Yeah. So I would strip her as opposed to having her lose it in the ring and then uh, challenge Ronda for Mania. But you're right. They are doing a good job because I think Charlotte has, has they've taken it up a notch where they're turning her heel. I think she's more entertaining. And uh, Becky's amazing. Ronda, she's she's still really good in the ring, especially when she has time to practice. Yeah. She's, she's still good in the ring. But man, those promos and all that stuff. 
I get what you're saying. They've got an end game and all that, but oh, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, that was still uh, the same thing about about Becky a few months ago, and that ended up working out. But I really, I do think that the the last image of WWE Royal Rumble 2019 should be Becky Lynch dumping Nia Jax over the top rope of the Royal Rumble. And which makes that. perfect sense. Yes. Makes perfect sense. And I think Nia should get squashed by Ronda at TLC. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if they're going to do that. They're playing into Nia. I don't know. Hash, what did they say? Hashtag facebreaker? Yeah, shit. Ah, Michael Cole. I love you, buddy. Let's go to stupid people. <laughs> This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay, TrevorStrong.org, thanks for the usage of the stupid song. This first one this week, Sean, might be one of the greats. <laughs> okay. And I want to know your reaction to this. I want to know. You thought the dog pee was good? Oh, oh boy! <laughs> Are you going to get me into another copyright battle for the next four uh, weeks? Nope, there's no video for this one, but I, I want to know. So, this was reported by the Straight Times, which is out of Singapore, on November 12th. This is good. Well, not good, but good at the same time. So, young people in Indonesia, you know, a lot of young people in Indonesia, there's not a lot of money with a lot of them, and, and a lot of them are on the streets, or, or bored, or poor, or all of the above. Young people in Indonesia have discovered a new affordable way to get high. Oh gosh. Sean, do you have any idea? And don't Google it. Do you have any idea what young Indonesian people have discovered as well, a new I, affordable way to get high? I can tell you some of the ways that I've heard to get high. I mean, not that I don't implement them, but I've heard stories. Uh, one of my friends who did some jail time said that they were once they, they were watching like mansers or something and they if you smoke dried out banana peels you'll get high what okay i guarantee you that you have not tried this method i would put matter of fact i'd put my house on it that you have not tried this method probably not heard of this method in melissa indonesia? yeah indonesia okay. melissa any idea what young people in indonesia have discovered as a new affordable way to get high oh god i don't know okay they're boiling tampons and menstrual pads and drinking the water. No. <laughs> and and they're not only using new ones. I don't want no, no, no. Why? They are going <laughs> to garbage dumps in Indonesia, getting used tampons and menstrual pads, boiling them and drinking the water. Wow, I guess blood is really thicker than water. <laughs> That's horrible. Apparently, there is chlorine in the pads and in the tampons, and that creates the sensation. That's that's what uh, you gets can them buy high. chlorine. <laughs> they don't have any. Well, this is why it's affordable because they they can just go get it for free. They don't have to buy anything. So bizarre. Isn't that something? So I wanna I wanna ask you this, Sean. Uh, I was saying to a friend of mine at lunch yesterday. I told him the story, and I was saying to them, I wonder sometimes how people invented certain things. Like, how did yeah, somebody, man. you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder sometimes, how did people decide, like, what goes into a recipe? How did people decide whatever? Who decided to put a tampon in boiling water and then drink it? How would that even come up? Who was the first person to milk a cow? I was just thinking that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go ahead and guess they probably saw, like, a calf and maybe they were thirsty and there wasn't That's a lot true. else going on. 
I don't know. But who decided to drink tampon water? Use tampon water. Yep. You got me here, yep. Jimmy. Yep. This next one, Sean, you probably heard about this next one. I know Melissa's heard about this next one. This was reported by KARE NBC 11 out of Minneapolis, Minnesota on November 19th. Now, I'm not going to get political on you, Sean, <laughs> but, but I am not a fan of where the Me Too, Me Too movement has gone. Yeah. I appreciated the concept, uh, and I think that anybody that was proven to be guilty of any uh, crimes or whatever, they deserve their, their just desserts. You know, I, 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 I get all that. The reason that I'm not a fan of where the Me Too movement has gone is because it got to the point where you were guilty as soon as you were accused, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I don't agree with it. This story fits perfectly in with all of that, and you probably heard about this one. Last week, a 21-year-old man out of St. Paul, Minnesota, his name is Masood Ali. He posted a video on Twitter showing the manager of a Chipotle restaurant asking him and four of his friends to pay before taking their order and we have a clip. Put that clip up, Melissa. Hold on. So what we gotta do? What we gotta do? Hey, because you never have money when you come in. We here. never no, have we money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got no money, bro. Look, can we just get I our food? Just run off of oh yeah. Can we just get our food, folks? Bro, you know me. I pay here every freaking day. Yeah, I pay Let's not even worry about that. Can we get our food? All right, bro. Can we get our food? Can we get our food, bro? I'm not paid until I guess. I mean, like, we're not going to make food unless you guys actually have money. All right, sir. What is that? What do you mean? Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hey, sir, sir, why did you not have to pay? Why did you not have to pay before you eat? Why did you not have to pay? Sir, can you explain to us why you didn't have to pay before you got your meal? Nah, bro, dead ass. Are you, no, bro, are you being serious right now? So... That clip went viral on Twitter, and uh, Mr. Masood Ali, he alleged that he and his friends were subjected to racial stereotyping. Yeah. After it went viral, Chipotle fired that manager, the female that was in that shot. Chipotle yeah. fired her, fired her, right? Ooh, yeah. It came to light that Mr. Masood Ali and his friends were known uh -huh. dine and dashers. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, that's what she said. What, that's what she said, but the way, but the way that they tried to orchestrate the video by the things that they said, clearly they planned out what they were going to do, and they planned out what they were going to say. So it turned out that for a period of about two and a half to three years, he was posting on Twitter bragging about his dine and dashing experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that particular Chipotle restaurant, he had done that on several occasions, and that's why they said what they said because they recognized this is a dine and dasher; he's not going to pay, right? But again, like we see with Me Too, as soon as he posted that video, everybody jumped on that woman. Everybody jumped on Chipotle. She got fired. And how do you think this story ended up, Sean? Oh, she probably sued them. Uh, Chipotle says they have reconsidered their decision and they want to hire her back. Yeah, I would uh, reconsider by saying, fuck that, <laughs> and I would sue their ass. Yes, she needs to lawyer up. Because that is wrongful termination. Can you imagine the shit she probably dealt with when that went viral? Yeah. Probably right? still is, no matter what. Probably still, still is. With it. Yeah, probably still is. So this is why when I see things like this, and that's why now, until I hear about the, the, the end of the investigation, and we're going to talk about one of our little cutouts back there in uh, a little bit, and same thing, maybe in the end they will be proven guilty, but until they're proven guilty, I'm not going to take that little prop yeah. out of my shot for the exact same reason. But anyway, yeah, that's what I mean, happened. I'm cool with just a mask, you know. Yeah, like yeah, we'll don't figure it don't have it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. This last one is for the SRS file. 
Okay. Re reported by the UK Mirror on November 16. You might have heard about this one because it went viral too. There's a 30-year-old man out of New Orleans named Arthur Posey, and he is accused of threatening to blow up a Willie's Chicken Shack restaurant. All right? Uh, the staff said, oh, this guy came in. He threatened to blow up the restaurant. Police went. They found him. They arrested him. You know what Mr. Uh, Arthur Posey told the cops? He said, uh, no, 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 no. This is a misunderstanding. What I told them was I was about to drop a bomb in the bathroom. Oh. Okay. He said he had to take a big shit. Well, oh, God. <laughs> a nuclear bomb. Yes. <laughs> That's what he told me he had to do. And so he's pleading his innocence, misunderstanding. I told him I had to drop a bomb in the bathroom. Uh, they don't believe him. And uh, he's facing two counts of communicating false information of planned arson. What? So that is a really of... specific charge. Wow. I have literally yep. said probably dozens, if not a hundred times, that I got to drop a bomb in the toilet. Oh, like, I'm sure you have. I'm over sure you have. Over again. That's probably part of your foreplay with your wife, Sean. Yeah, I've literally said, hold on, <laughs> I've got to go create World War Three. <laughs> Jimmy, uh... why, why do you got to go there? Actually, I like having the video of Melissa up there because when I say stuff, I look and see her reaction. So, <laughs> well, you know what she won't react to? No. You know what she won't react to? What's that? Being thrifty, Jimmy. Because she's not. Now, Jimmy, you're, you're a big shot. You don't have to worry about that. You got the little grin on your face. But Melissa, she, she's just a lowly producer. And she lives in one of the most expensive cities in the world, Toronto. I can tell you, a free trip is even costly for me. So, there are a lot of people. Melissa, how old are you? That's not a very nice thing to ask. How, how I'm 26. You're 26 years old. She's young. She's young. I'm a lady! <laughs> well, fortunately, Melissa, we do have some friends that can help you because we have acquired a thrifty sponsor. There are thousands of financial blogs and websites out there, but how do you know what information to trust? Well, first off, you listen to me. On Your Own is a personal finance blog that provides free and unbiased info that anyone can understand, whether you're starting out in the real world or just looking for a new beginning, On Your Own will be there as a helpful guide and your biggest supporter. On Your Own blogs are written by personal finance experts from the National Endowment for Financial Education. The NEFE is the leading nonprofit national foundation dedicated to inspiring, empowered financial decision-making for individuals and families. So we've got a lot of viewers. I often hear, got to take care of kids. Can't watch the show live. Hey, while you're watching the show live, check out our friends at On Your Own. The On Your Own blog covers a wide range of topics, including how to choose a credit card, how to start investing, what to do if your identity is stolen. You know, kind of like Melissa stole my identity on Twitter and got hundreds of people to follow her thinking it was me. Uh, the blog <laughs> only links to reputable sources that you can trust. So if all your personal finance questions can't be answered on the blog, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of you. Check out onyourown.org slash Fightful to learn more. It is absolutely free. Onyourown.org slash Fightful. Show them some love. Isn't it amazing, Jimmy? The thrift. The thrift. Hey, if my quality of life confuses all of you, go to onyourown.org slash Fightful. It'll become a little bit clearer. 
We need to leave, <laughs> sir. So. Oh, I bet it just pissed you off. Just mere minutes after that press conference was filmed, I hit up Melissa and I said, oh boy, you're going <laughs> to love this. So if I have to get rid of one of our uh, one of our cutouts for a story that we'll talk about later, if I have to do that, I think I'm going to replace it with a life-size cardboard cutout of real one, Enzo Amore. No! That sounds like the logical place to go. So on the day of the Survivor Series, Sean, Enzo Amore, real one, posted this on Instagram. Put up that Instagram, Melissa. Got it. This was a shot of him... This was his supposed disguise. You see his Instagram post there. He, he put zero fucks. Uh, and he, he decided to wear that disguise. He bought himself a seat in the second row at the Survivor Series. He was opposite the hard camera. Fast forward to the night of the Survivor Series. We have a video. This is posted uh, by Lee Shanker at Tough Sky on Twitter. Put up this video, Melissa. Uh, now we never talk about the story about the vaping on the plane and how he got kicked out. And, I'm and tired I, of these motherfucking vapes on this motherfucking <laughs> plane. And afterwards, Enzo was posting on social media. I still call him Enzo because that's how everybody knows yeah. him. But he, was, he calls he was, himself Enzo at his concerts. Oh, does he still really? Yeah, he can't. He can't put it on the advertising, but on the mic, he calls himself. Oh, he Enzo. does. Okay, well, he, uh, he, was, he was posting videos where he was like, oh, this is so funny, and joking about, oh, I got banned from Staples Center because of vaping and all this crap. The fact of the matter is, he wore a shirt that said, I'm doing great. That's what he wore. He went to a pro wrestling show. Yeah. He went to, he went to a WWE show. He sat opposite the hard camera, and he waited until there was a match going on in the ring because he was intentionally hoping that he could stand on that chair on camera and do his catchphrase, hoping for a reaction. That is one of the most pathetic cases of desperation I think I've seen, Sean, in quite a long time in pro wrestling. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? I know that you posted something else about him uh, punching somebody in the locker okay, room. So, man, my phone has been lit up about this. The last time I had this many wrestlers just contacting me without me contacting them was probably like the final deletion screener when people were looking at that. Right. And there were a lot of people reacting to that. Oh, my God. Well, first, somebody said, uh, one wrestler said, Enzo is a living gimmick, nothing more. And I was like, okay. And Monday night at his concert, he said that he got kicked out of the locker room for punching a bully in the face. Well, I contacted several wrestlers fully expecting to hear bullshit story. They said, no, he did punch somebody in the face. Wouldn't name who. The locker room decided to keep it a secret because the person was chewing out Enzo for doing something he shouldn't have done, which they said happened all the time, and sucker punched the guy. Mm -hmm. And said that they wanted to keep his name out of the news for any number of reasons at that time. Another person joked that Lisa, the security guard, who I've heard a ton about over the last few days, she's beloved in WWE as is, but especially after this, one joke that they would have her as a minus 500 favorite against Enzo in a fist fight. Uh, lots of funny things about Lisa, like... She is. She's a security card that also kept Gronk from 
coming over the barricade at WrestleMania. So I saw she um, was protecting people in the front row from the uh, Thanksgiving food at SmackDown. From the food being fight. Thrown around. Yeah, from the food push. fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just uh, so many people. Enzo is not liked. I had one say that it's no surprise that virtually everyone who could stand Enzo for any extended period of time is no longer with the company. Now, keep in mind, Enzo has an ex-girlfriend that is still with the company. Mm-hmm. Are they implying that she couldn't even stand him hmm. for an extended <laughs> period of time? Now, they didn't tell me any names there, but I'm led to believe that means Neville and Big Cass. What a wasted talent. You're not because kidding, man. You, you think back to when him and Cass came up from NXT? And yeah. their, their first night on the main roster with the Dudley Boys, remember that? And the, and the reaction that they got that night? What a wasted talent Enzo Amore is. But uh, that appearance at Survivor Series to me was so pathetic and so desperate. And uh, I was joking around with people about, well, maybe he was only there because he was scouting Stable Center for his massive worldwide tour. Yeah, and that, that was another thing. Another wrestler said he tries to pretend he's above wrestling and right. doesn't want to do it anymore. He shows up with a how you or I'm doing fine shirt. Yes. He someone to modify a WWE title. Right. He then showed up in an NWO style Enzo shirt that says NZO on it on the stage. He's doing wrestling moves on the stage. All that stuff. He's using it to gain publicity. And uh, when when I see a shirt that says I'm doing great. It reminds me of that meme of that dog standing in that burning building. Everything's that says, fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, man, let's move on. I want to ask you this question. Do you remember, what was the first show that you remember watching on television that was a cleverly, cleverly written, smartly written show, especially in terms of a comedy? Do you remember what the first one is that you ever saw that was really smartly done, didn't insult your intelligence with the stupid sitcom comedy and all that stuff? Probably maybe Seinfeld, maybe Seinfeld. Seinfeld maybe. I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same. What do you think, Melissa? You're a little bit younger. I'm thinking The Simpsons, but I, I might be a little skewed Yeah, there. Simpsons is pretty one. good, too. It's, it's not good super too. smart, but... Yeah. <laughs> if, you're talk, if you're talking network, it's real limited. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is funny. New Girl is funny. Right. Modern yeah. Family at times. Uh, I guess. Yeah. What's the hipster Melissa over there? Eh. <laughs> I'm judging your taste in TV. It's limited to that. Most people seem to be really into, like, say, the Friends era, and Friends was just a dog shit, poorly written show. But anyway... The reason I'm bringing it up is because, and, and this is a redundant topic that we've talked about before, I'm so sick and tired of a, as a wrestling fan of having my, my uh, intelligence insulted by what WWE produces. And I think about the fact that there are there's a history of television shows that did not insult the intelligence of their viewer. People are not stupid. You don't have to treat them like they're stupid because they're going to see through your bullshit. I could not believe that, the Survivor Series, and I probably should have expected it, Sean. Because this is WWE and this is Stephanie McMahon, so I probably should have expected it. At the Survivor Series, they do the pre-show. SmackDown wins the tag team elimination match on, right? Then the pay-per-view starts. They have the women's elimination tag. Raw wins that one. Then they cut to a promo with Stephanie saying, Baron Corbin, I got to see Raw win in a clean sweep tonight. And if Raw wins in a clean sweep tonight, then uh, you might become the full-time general manager. And I watched that thinking to myself, but... SmackDown already won the first match. Yes. How can you have a clean sweep when SmackDown already won the first match? What happens? Raw wins every match on the main show. And then on Raw on Monday night, Stephanie comes out and brags about the clean sweep. 
and brags about how Raw went undefeated on the night. And I watched that thinking to myself, are you going to insult the people's intelligence this badly? where you want them to pretend like the first match never even took place. I am so sick and tired as a wrestling fan of having to deal with this shit. And uh, I don't understand how... How is this even... Who even thinks this is a good idea to write this shit? They wanted to put over Raw hard, and I'm like, man... So have the, have the tag out. team... Have the Raw have Raw win the elimination tag, and then, yeah, and then you're good. Not? Right? Like, that would have settled the whole thing. I so, agree. And then, hey, I, there, there are some things I like. They, they've been pretty good about closing some holes. Like, everybody said, why aren't the horsewomen there to help out Rousey? And Jessamyn Duke posted on Instagram, we were flown across the country. That's why. Cool. It's the reason I needed. All I needed. And sometimes, Daniel Bryan particularly used to be really good about that when he was GM, closing those, those holes in logic to make them make sense. But... But this, yeah. is, this is one of the ones that's really insulting because wrestling fans know that SmackDown won the tag team elimination match. They know it. Yes. And Corey Graves even even joked about it, about how it was a pre-show match. I guess it doesn't count kind of thing. Uh, I want to put over one guy, and that would be Mr. Xavier Woods, who's one guy that's not going to tolerate this bullshit. He posted on, uh, on After Survivor Series on Sunday, he posted this on Twitter. Put that up, Melissa. Is that Austin? Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. He said, finishes watching Survivor Series. My brain, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Me, hey WWE, respect the tag division of both shows and let the people know that SmackDown got a win tonight. The score was 6-1. to one. Then on SmackDown this week, they made the poor New Day dress as pilgrims because they always do this stuff <laughs> when it's time for Thanksgiving and for Halloween and Christmas. They make them dress up and look like goofballs because the company thinks it's funny, even though everybody thinks it's stupid. I but... loved the double turkey sledgehammer through the table. <laughs> that was a hilarious spot. Well, Xavier Woods uh, slightly, subtly went into business for himself. And when they made him wear the stupid pilgrim outfit, he tweaked it just slightly. Put up that picture, Melissa. <laughs> Look at that, Sean. A big 6-1 on the front of his pilgrim shirt. Good for you, Xavier Woods. Good for him for having the balls to, uh, to do something because it is so stupid that Stephanie McMahon in her smug glory gets in the ring and brags about a clean sweep, but everybody knows it wasn't. It's stupid and it's insulting as a wrestling fan. And I really wish that they would clean that stuff up. I wish they would. Yeah, me too. What what else can I say? Xavier Woods said that he was the one in six and one, which I, I thought was funny. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very insulting to to everybody's intelligence just to ignore it when Road Dogs on there on Twitter trying to justify some stuff all the time, saying that the pre-show is a part of the pay per view. Well, evidently not. The only right. the only excuse I could make is that Stephanie said that from that point on they needed a sweep. But I mean, mm. they bragged about six and zero, oh, and they put a graphic on the screen that said six and zero. Oh. Yeah. So, whatever. Uh, now, let me ask you this. So, I've talked before about, you know, the way they booked Brock Lesnar going into SummerSlam and how they didn't really book him as a heel or as a babyface so much as they booked him as an asshole, right? Yeah. So, I want to ask you this. So, Stephanie heals on Kurt Angle and threatens his job. Now, she's healing on Baron Corbin and threatening his job. Does that mean that she also is just being booked like an asshole? Yeah. Lots okay. of people are. Okay. Okay. I was curious about that. So Braun Strowman, uh, Dave Meltzer reports that he legitimately has an injured uh, elbow. He's got bone spurs. He's going to require surgery. Uh, WWE knew about it going into Raw on Monday. They think it's going to be a quick uh, turnaround, which is why they still announced a match for TLC 
against uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, they got a month. What do you think? He's having the surgery next week, I think. I think he'll be all right. Should be all right. I yeah. mean, what you look at the thing. Well, it's like how can they how can they get around it? Well, here's how. Once you get to the match, you do smoke and mirrors, and it's literally just Braun beating the shit out of Baron through tables, ladders, chairs, whatever. Right. Could be very quick. That's I don't right. know why why they couldn't just make it a, a tables match and then make it like a a 10 second match if they so chose. They've also announced that Braun's going to get his rematch with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Do you think, Sean, do you think that the company is dumb enough to have Brock beat him again? Yes. Do you think he's good? Brock's going to win again? Yes. You think Brock's going to win again? Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, TMZ talked to Dana White, and he said that what he's he not sure. About? What's that? What he lie about? Yeah, what he lie about? Yeah. No, he said he's not sure if Brock's going to return to fighting. Uh, and I thought it was very notable and very clever that at the Survivor Series, when Paul Heyman did Brock's intro, he announced him as weighing 265 pounds. I loved that. That's the heavyweight weight limit in the UFC. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I was talking to you the other day about USADA because. Correct me if you think I'm wrong, Sean. I thought at Survivor Series that Brock physically looked like the old Brock Lesnar. He sure did. You thought so too? Yeah. And and he looked really good physically. And uh, and I, I saw him you know come out and I thought to myself, boy, is this guy still in the testing pool? Because he's looking pretty big. And I ended up checking the USADA website. And so far in Q4, he's been tested twice. Uh, and he's been tested a total of six times this year. Yep. Um, doesn't look like anybody knows what's going to happen. Dana White said that he wants Daniel Cormier to fight John Jones again, and uh, they don't know about Brock. Again, Brock looked to me like the WWE Brock Lesnar on Sunday. So, do you think he's taking a pass on the UFC fight? No, absolutely not. That's too much money at this point of his career. He's still in the USADA pool. He wouldn't be in there if he was going to pass on the UFC fight. He can't fight elsewhere. He's still under contract to the UFC technically. Dana White wants three more fights out of Daniel Cormier, mm -hmm. and. Cormier says he won't, but man, when I see him fight, I'm thinking, man, why not? Why not? But, I mean, ultimately, it is what it is. And Dana White has always said, and he's always stayed pretty pretty close to it, if people say they want to retire, then, then he doesn't try to lure them back in. But that's usually reserved to fighters who have already retired. Because once they say, oh, I don't want to fight anymore, he doesn't want them. But Daniel Cormier said, oh, well, I don't want to fight after March. There is, God, he can make millions of dollars next year. Aside Less, from the aside from the second Jones and then a retirement fight. Aside from the second John Jones fight, Daniel Cormier doesn't really take a lot of punishment in his fights. So no, no, not at all. Yeah, so he, he's been he's been pretty good. Uh, speaking of Brock Lesnar, I was watching Survivor Series. I was watching the match with Daniel Bryan, and. Very first move that Brock Lesnar delivers to Daniel Bryan once he got a hold of him, German suplex back of the head. Yeah, not not good. The, the rest of them were I, safe, but... Whew. I could not believe that. I couldn't believe that given his history of concussions, given the fact that he had a brain lesion, that he agreed to do that. Have you heard anything about... Um, was there? Did they call an audible after the first one? Because they started doing a lot of belly-to-bellies after that. So did they call an audible after the first one, or...? What, if, what I would, if I were any wrestler in WWE, I'd ask for the belly to belly. I <laughs> about that. Anybody, thing, yeah, yeah. The first thing that I would go in there and say is, that doesn't work for me, brother, HH. And right. say, give me one of those belly to bellies, that way I can land on my back. Right. 
Maybe right. my ass if it gets too bad. But, <laughs> uh, I don't know if there was an audible called, but I know that almost anybody who takes one of those German suplexes would much rather take a belly-to-belly suplex. The thing about Brock is people who work with him have told me that he's actually really light unless you fire like a live round at him. Like, court, like uh, Braun Strowman, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, he punched, he punched Strowman right in the side of the head. He did, but Strowman hit him first. Yes. And and the one thing I'll say for Brock in the Match of Survivor Series, you know, I, I didn't like the fact that it was quite formulaic and it reminded me a lot of the AJ Styles matches. It was, it was laid out more or less the same, but Brock sold like a champ for Daniel, for uh, Daniel Bryan. Sold like I a champ. It. Yeah. I loved the match. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, tell me what you've heard about AJ Styles. You had an exclusive this week. Yeah, I had talked to, and I had been teasing this on Select for a while back, but wanted to wait until I, I followed up with a couple more sources. AJ is not renegotiating. He's negotiating a new deal. His deal is up soon. He wants reduced dates. And I, I had mentioned this previously, Jimmy. There are a lot of wrestlers who have told me that they're looking for less dates or more money because of WWE getting new TV deals mm -hmm. and the Saudi Arabia money. Whether they're on the Saudi Arabia shows or not, they know that that is a huge influx of cash. Mm -hmm. And they see themselves as being a part of the brand that helped establish that and sell that there. Not only that, the Australia show paid big. Not near Saudi Arabia money, but still paid really big. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard through one of the sources, I wasn't able to confirm this with the second, but I had heard that Big E is looking at a five-year deal. But then again, but like I said, confirmed it with one source, not two. Styles looking for more of a Randy Orton schedule where he has reduced live event dates and uh, TV, basically. And, I mean, you know, Randy Orton, he doesn't have to, there's some plenty of pay-per-views he doesn't do. And he misses some of those. And it's wild to think, Jimmy, AJ's been there for three years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to Quick. think? Yep, yep. I look at it like this, and again, I, I look at this if I'm Vince Man or if I'm Triple H. So you've got Ring of Honor out there. You've got New Japan out there. You have this supposed new outfit, All Elite Wrestling, out there. And they themselves reported on their last quarterlies that their live event business broke even, essentially yeah. broke even. You put all of that together, and given that AJ basically carried SmackDown for three years, how do you not give him what he wants? How do, do you, you not? Think, do you think they ever go the route of like, see, here's the difference. When Eric Bischoff took over WCW, they were losing money. So he cut, he cut house shows to essentially offset costs because they were costing them money. WWE, what, what happens if they go backwards? Do they cut that cost out, or are they, are they like, okay... It's sort of like the loss leader we talk about. It's a way to get some more of our merchandise out there. It's yeah. a way to do to get us in these areas. I'm really interested to see how that works. I mean, obviously they'll never they'll never cut it completely. But I, if I was them, I'd reduce it. Why not do three a week instead of four or five? Yeah, and, and I mean, look at look at this Saturday. I'm going to Starcade. I'm not going to that show if it's not called Starcade. Right. I don't have any interest in going to a WWE live event in Cincinnati. But they named it Starcade. They're putting it on the network. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll cover it. I'll do all that stuff. That got me there. Yeah, I, I didn't pay for it because I'm thrifty. But, <laughs> but I'm going. So maybe maybe that method works. Maybe they do a Halloween havoc. Maybe they really start making these a little more special than what they are. You know, the other thing that I would do, I would bring in uh, Hall of Famers, and I'd, I'd bring in you know wrestlers with a, with a with a great reputation who happen to live or happen to be known for whatever area they're in. You know what I mean? Oh, look at this! Oh, you're doing it now. You're connect, con uh, getting the Kentucky talent. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll announce this. I kind of had before. I've been listening to the Ryder and Hawkins figure podcast. Really enjoy it. And I was like, you know what? I'd like to collect some figures, but I don't want to get too deep into it. Don't want to get you don't, you don't want to turn into me with my home office, basically. Your home office looks damn good. What I have will look nothing like that. But I was like, okay, you know what? I'm a homer. I like every local team as best I can. I'll collect Kentucky and Cincinnati figures. And some in-laws just so happened to be figure collectors. And I was like, hey, let me buy some from you. I got a Hillbilly Jim. What else? A Miss Elizabeth. Dean Ambrose. And you can always consider it a good day when you can buy a Doug Basham without buying Danny Basham. <laughs> and I actually hit you up about like the best place to get a Hillbilly Jim LJN. Yep. I have learned there are way too many Rob Conway figures out there for my liking. Really? <laughs> a really? lot of them. So, uh, MMA pod, our Fightful MMA podcast, which airs 2 p.m. Uh, Tuesdays on Fightful.com. You all might know a guy named Nikita Krylov fan. He did a alternate commentary podcast with me for Royal Rumble one year. Uh, we're going to hit up some toy stores in Cincinnati ahead of Starcade this Saturday. Going to look for a few more of those. Might put together a video on that as well. So, yeah, on, on the hunt. And it's funny, the guy who sold me this sent me the picture and said... And he didn't have his coveralls. And I said, you can keep Jim. He's naked as a fucking bird. And he goes, <laughs> no, I have the overalls. So, uh, Did you ask him why did you remove the overalls from the action figure? Didn't bother. The guy who sold it to me, actually my former Little League coach, didn't want to ask any questions that would make things even weirder. He gave you a naked Hillbilly Jim action figure. <laughs> yeah. He sure did. He sure did. Do you have another clip, or, or do I could kind of go to the next topic? Hey, Errol Monroe, I spoke to her. Great interview. <laughs> Ladies' night out for IdolMatchWrestlingNetwork.com. Check it out. <laughs> I wrestled the day before that in the May Young Classic. Uh, explain to me how, how that all came about, how you were contacted and kind of informed about that. Um, I um, Actually, Cedric told me uh, because Canyon uh, Seaman sent him an email and he was like, hey, we're trying to find your wife. We can't get a hold of her at all for the Bayon Classic. And he, like, he quickly called me. He's like, Ariel, what's wrong with your messages? I was like, there's nothing wrong with my email. I was like, you know, most people spell my name wrong, so maybe, you know, it doesn't come to me. And he was like, well, don't have try to contact you for the Bayon Classic. And I was like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> so I, like, I sent him an email, you know, and I was like, oh, hey, look, you know, I'm very interested in doing this. And he was like, okay. He quickly gave me all the paperwork, and I was like, oh, this is happening so quick. <laughs> and uh, you obviously were on the May Young Classic, but you, you also appeared for MLW earlier this year. They're making a lot of moves. Uh, can you explain oh, yeah. to me uh, that that experience? You wrestled Santana Garrett on that show. Yes, I did. Um, it, was, it was actually quite nice because um, – you know, you had like like low key on the um, on the actual card, and like MVP was there. So just being able to get that feedback from them, uh, since you know they've been in this game for a very long time, and they know exactly what they're doing. So it was it was great to be in the same company as those great wrestlers. Yeah, and uh, I haven't seen you appear for a Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. Have there been any conversations with either of those companies? Because obviously they're they're trying to grow those women's right. divisions. Um, I haven't uh, heard anything from from Ring of Honor, um, but um, I did I did hear that you know Impact apparently has like I guess a little list, and I'm, I'm I heard that I'm on it, but it's always like hearsay. Yeah. But um, I do know that when I did rise, 
um, I can't, I believe it was like Rise Seven or something like that, seven or eight in Chicago uh, is when Medusa and Gail Kim were, uh, and Mercedes Martinez was doing the seminar. I had like a little mini match that uh, I pretty much had to go in and just call it on the fly. And then afterwards, uh, Gail Kim was like, girl, you've got it. Your charisma is like, mm, like anything, I've, nothing I've never ever seen before. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know, my, my inner, my inner fan was just like, don't mark out, just <laughs> take the compliment and keep it pushing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just got to let everybody know we don't we didn't tape that right we don't have this that turned on tape. into a no. shoot yeah this has just so, turned into a shoot so during the playing and i don't want to disregard uh miss monroe for that clip but during the playing of that clip we had like an impromptu second press conference between uh the ewing express sean rossap and latina heat melissa they started shooting back and forth after melissa gave him shit for shoddy editing work she bitched, <laughs> bitched and moaned. Little Miss Sensitive up there. <laughs> oh, okay. You're the sensitive one because you didn't take kindly to her criticism. Real, real original. Real. Original. I said, "Can Nigel review something before you finish it?" And oh, you yeah. just about started bawling <laughs> your eyes out. Oh, Tell me that's not the definition of little oh, bitch, John. All the questions <laughs> and a bunch of answers when you specifically. Put in a request for me to edit some things out for you so you'd look better. Not for me. Oh! I was giving you advice because I do not trust your decision. You should have heard Sean during the playing of that interview. Sean kept on going, oh, really? Oh, really? And I was like, really? ah, he doesn't like Melissa. this. He doesn't like it. Melissa! Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait to kick your ass. <laughs> this, no, this is a shoot now! <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna have to Google it, Melissa. Please don't, please don't Google that. Maybe wrestling. Shoot, yeah, wrestling not, shoot. Yeah, hey now. Not the shoot. Hey yeah. Now. Yeah. When I walk through the door of the two three two three and boot you straight in the ass, <laughs> you'll realize what it is. So let's. Shoddy. She did. Oh, and you didn't take kindly to that at all. Not you didn't at like all. it. Let's talk about independent wrestling. Uh, at the top of the show, I, I said I was going to talk about this. Independent wrestling, I want to talk about the trials and tribulations of independent wrestling and stuff that you don't have to necessarily worry about in WWE. And one of the big reasons that a lot of wrestlers choose to go to WWE, aside from the obvious, oh, WWE's the goal and WrestleMania is the goal and I want my WrestleMania moment and all that. One of the reasons is because... When you're an independent wrestler, especially if you do not have a contract with a Ring of Honor or with a New Japan, you have no benefits. Yeah. Uh, and if you get injured, you're shit out of luck, most likely. And not a lot uh, of security. Yeah, no, not a lot of job security. And if you look over the last, what, maybe three months, uh, a lot of notable independent wrestlers who are trying to make a full-time go of it have been injured. Now, you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, he is the exception. Yeah. Because Cody Rhodes, he's going to be uh, undergoing surgery for a torn meniscus after Wrestle Kingdom, uh, first week of January. He's all right because he made his money with Ring of Honor, with New Japan, with All In. We talked about how he's he's attached to that elite, what is it called? Elite something wrestling, I forget. All, all elite wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So he's attached to that. He's okay. He'll probably be out until uh, March after he does the surgery, but he'll be all right. Past him... Look at a guy like Joey Janela. Now, Joey Janela is fortunate because he's got his co-branded shows with Game Changer Wrestling, like LA Confidential and Spring Break. And so he's got some income coming in from that. But 
Uh, he tore his PCL and his MCL and his knee. He's going to be out for at least a year. That's a year of no independent bookings, aside from doing his uh, doing his co-promoted shows. Yeah, are wildly successful for him. Right, right. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what his cut is of that because those are game changer wrestling shows. But he's getting something for it. He's getting a good amount of it. I know that because uh, Flow Slam tried to get him to do them without them, without Game Changer, and he said no. Put them on blast and stop doing business with them. So. I know that relationship is very, very healthy, and That's good. he seems very happy doing that. But then look at other people like Joey Ryan. Joey yeah. Ryan has a torn pec. Uh, now, he has still been making appearances. I saw a clip of him doing an appearance where he was actually wearing the sling. Uh, and I saw one where he was in his street clothes wearing a sling, and he, did, he was supposed to wrestle on the show, and he did a run. And he's lucky that those promotions... Are still finding a place for him on the show, but that's not going to be sustainable once the once the yeah. allure wears off of having injured Joy Ryan on your show. So that's you an example. Be able to a couple hundred bucks to dick flip somebody, right? Right, maybe. Yep. Yeah. And then you have Marco Stunt. This kid is just getting started, yeah. and I don't even know if he's full time in wrestling yet. He's just getting started. He broke his leg on that Janela LA Confidential show, uh, and he just had surgery on that, and he's going to be out a while. Then you have somebody like Tennille Dashwood, who was Emma in WWE. She took time off because of her psoriasis. Uh, and again, she was lucky because she had to deal with Ring of Honor. They brought her in to do meet and greets and stuff like that. But well, on she's, the she's got a shoulder injury. She's got to have shoulder surgery. That too. Okay. Okay. But on the independent scene, it's very difficult if you suffer a long-term injury in terms of how are you going to sustain yourself and how are you going to pay your bills, basically. And yeah. this is a reason why a lot of guys end up with WWE is because WWE, if you're injured in the ring, they will cover your surgery. You get your downside while you're recovering. Uh, and this is not like the 80s. You, you, you know the old Bret Hart story when Bret Hart broke his sternum in the match with Dino Bravo uh, in 86 or whatever it was. And he came back before he should have because he wasn't making anything while he was off. It's not like that now. These guys are making decent downsides. So, Yeah. And... Uh... That's the thing. That's that's what a lot of these people, especially as they get older, will will sign with WWE to do. They they got injuries that they they know could flare up and and cost them money down the line. So what they decide to do is go with the save option. There's nothing wrong with that, but no. Nope. To, to some nope. people, to some people, their their money isn't everything, and creative is is important. But that security is very nice. Absolutely. Yep. And then you have a guy like David Arquette. Uh, David Arquette has been experiencing the highs and lows of pro wrestling, probably due to his inexperience more than anything. Obviously, he is in a situation where the, he's not doing it for the money, and he's, he's pretty set financially, but he's been wrestling yeah. for about six months now, uh, pretty regularly on the independent scene. He appeared on the LA Confidential show uh, last weekend. He wrestled Nick Cage in a death match, and boy, he had quite the go. We have a clip here. Uh, this is courtesy of Heather Wixon from Daily Dead News on Twitter. Post this clip uh, during the, this is a spot in the match. David Arquette, Nick Cage. Yep. That was brutal. So basically, uh, anybody, I guess, if you're only on our audio show, so Nick Cage broke a light tube, a Nick fluorescent Cage. light tube. 
I'm sorry? Gage. I'm Gage. sorry. He broke a light tube over David Arquette's head that yeah. cut him on the head. Then he had the broken light tube in his hand. It looked like he was going for a backstabber. Is that what he was trying to do? Who, Nick kind of, Gage? Yeah, it looked like he was going for a backstabber. Uh, no, he had, uh, the light up to his head and then... No, but he put he put it by his neck and then he pulled him backwards. So it looked like he was going for a backstab. No, that was that was Arquette sweeping his leg out from underneath him. Oh, Arquette. that's what it was. Yeah, and huh? that caused it to go into his neck a little bit more. I do wish that was Nick Cage instead of Nick Gage, though. <laughs> my apologies, my apologies. <laughs> because they would have been fighting to find a treasure man. <laughs> well, when that when he took that spot, when he fell backwards the way he did and the and the tube was already broken. He nicked the jugular. Yeah. He, like, he cut himself on the neck. He bled like a stuck pig off of that. They actually continued on, finished the match. And uh, as we're doing this, we're doing this on November 21st. Uh, David Arquette has just gone back into the hospital because uh, first he went to the hospital, he got treated, he got released. It's still really bothering him, and he's gone back in. Um, dangerous. He, he issued a statement on Twitter. He said he didn't know the extent of what he was participating in. He's taking full responsibility for it. He's blaming his inexperience. Says he's not going to do another match like that again, Sean. Shouldn't have done it to begin with. Shouldn't have done it to begin with, I agree. He does say that uh, he will get back in the ring again. And uh, I don't know, man. It's That was very dangerous. And uh, the fact that he continued afterwards, I mean, that could have ended up worse than it was. He looked for worse for wear when it was over, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, former Fightful personality Shane Helms didn't take kindly to the situation either. He said that the promoter exploited... David Arquette appreciated the fact that that David took the blame for it, but said that the promoter exploited him. Oh, that's, that's a rough situation. And I mean, Shane, you know, Shane goes way back with David Arquette. He was David Arquette's yeah. stunt double on Ready to Rumble. For the you know what that time. reminded me of? That reminded me of The Wrestler with Mickey yeah. Rourke when he did that, that death match. And obviously that was a little bit different because it was, you know, a, a choreographed for a, for a movie and whatnot. But he still... The things they did in that movie, like the staple gun, that legitimately he took. Yeah. yeah. And but why was Arcade in a death match to begin with? He's his run, his current run, is because he kind of wants to give back to wrestling fans that he feels like he had alienated from the WCW title run. Is and he not? But is he not producing a documentary? I thought that's why he came I'm back. Sure, to wrestling. I'm sure that has something to do with it as well. Yeah. I'm sure that has something to do with it as well, but. He, he was on championship wrestling from Hollywood. He did a, a Border City Wrestling show, which is actually on Global Wrestling Network, I believe. And now he did this Joey Janela LA Confidential show, which I think was sort of a last-minute booking. But, hey, I hope the guy gets a Royal Rumble appearance. I'm fine with that. I would love do, that. Do you think they would do that? They might. I do. I do think yeah, they, they might. Well, he's got a good relationship with them, from what I understand. He was at NXT on Saturday. Oh, really? Did they show him on television? Nope. Okay, okay. Last but not least, I want to mention three people. So first, I want to give a shout-out to Fightful alumni Matt Riddle. Yeah. Uh, they put him over like a champ on NXT TakeOver. And uh, it sure looks like he's going to be in the title picture soon enough, the way that they're uh, handling him. So good for Matt Riddle. I want to give a shout-out to Velveteen Dream, who you watch that kid in the ring, and it's hard to believe that he's come this far this fast. And he is going to be a main event ro or a main roster star, yeah. unless they drop the ball like they've done with other guys, Sean. But something tells me, given Hunter's influence, that he's going to be a main roster star. So I love uh, I love Triple H's explanation on the media call, which you guys can check out at uh, Fightful.com and our YouTube. He said that because of Matt's aloof personality, like that fits in character. Like he doesn't know how things work. He thinks he can just come out there and make his own match. So he did, and 
He won, and boy, did Cassius Ono put him over like a million bucks. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You want to talk about a great hire? Cassius Ono is one of those player coaches that Triple H talks about that is really doing great things uh, for, for people, especially Matt Riddle. And somebody that Matt Riddle is very comfortable with, has worked with him a number of times. Yeah, and we've talked about Matt before, and obviously maybe we're a little biased because of his association with our site in the past, but Matt looks the part. Yeah. Uh, he's excellent in the ring, a, a very quick starter, much like a Kurt Angle, much like a Velveteen Dream too. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to do good things. Now, last but not least, this is not a shout-out. Not doing a shout-out in this case, but uh, Mr. James Ellsworth, who uh, is one of our featured custom life-size cardboard cutouts back here he's going through a bit of a hard time at the moment sean and if any <laughs> that's how you win your match next week melissa that's how you win your match next week i'm good I'll lose. all you gotta do is mention james ellsworth and you will go over on listing your boy <laughs> anyway We'll see what happens pending an investigation, uh, but we might have to retire that custom cardboard cutout. Maybe if we have to retire it. Put a fucking mask on it. No, 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 because I, I go all the way. So if we have to retire it, Sean, if we have to retire it, I might feature it in a giveaway on the Listen Your Boy podcast. I might. We should, you should just let me hit an impaler DDT on it. That's what I think we should do. You want me to keep it till next summer? Yes. I'm not paying for I, shipping on that, Sean. So. Something tells me, Sean, by next summer, I could just have you... Oh, <laughs> Jimmy's bringing you back next summer! The rematch! Already! I was going to say, by next summer, given the way things are going, I could probably just have you drop that impaler on the real James Ellsworth by then. That's a good point. So, <laughs> but we'll see point, what happens. Um, as far as I know, this is the only one that exists... And uh, so, yeah, pending the outcome of this investigation, you might have Enzo Amore next to Marie there in the coming months. Well, I do want to credit Dennis Farrell, who does the podcast with Ellsworth, quickly put that on hiatus. He was like, don't know what happened, but I think I'm going to put this on hiatus for a while. Uh, Wise move on his part. We got Listen Your Boy number 100 next week. Help me remember all the things I promised now. Explosions. Explosions, green screen trickery. Trickery, uh, uh, boat. uh um, yeah, some about music, yeah, music, some about music the music presentation, yeah. a special intro, yeah. Jimmy won't even be able to see me till we go on the air, yeah. And you told me that before, too. He's like, oh, I gotta see, I gotta, I gotta get the shot, I gotta, gotta get this, gotta get this. I'm gonna have like a little slip over my camera so you can't see me, kind of like the press conference. So when we did the press conference, right? Yeah. Sean, Sean did the same thing. He had a little thing over his camera so nobody could see him, but the thing moved. <laughs> and, and before he went on the air, I was like, "Oh God, he's wearing sunglasses. He's got a belt on his shoulder." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I won in front of 50 rabid fans at Iron Fish Gym. There it's you a good go. time, guys. If you all want to see that full unedited press conference that Melissa bitched that I botched the editing on, <laughs> FightfulSelect.com is where to it, go. He's still it, bothered by it, Melissa. He's still bothered. If it helps, you kind of ruin the unedited one as well. So. How did I ruin the unedited one? Have you heard yourself ever? I would have loved to have seen you put... You were terrible in the press conference. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do in this fight that we got coming up. You could have said like Adam Sandler a little bit on that one. Didn't she? What's up with that? (laughs) Melissa. Man, I'm starting to wonder if I need to feature this on (laughs) iPay-Per-View. I had to sell the fight. I had to sell it. 
you know what? I think this fight probably tops out at about two minutes anyway. <laughs> Whatever. So she's going to squash you, Sean? I'm predicting. No, I'm predicting I can knock Melissa out cold in under two minutes. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. Well, there you go. We'll see what happens. L- listen, you boy. Number 100, <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern, November 28th. Until next time, guys, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.